the grit of grace, the grit of grace, the tenacity, the endurance, the courage, the stability, the steadiness, the steadfastness, the solidity of grace. So that verse 9 in 2 Corinthians 9, 9, 2 Corinthians 9, 9, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness, his work endures forever. The one that has dispersed abroad, the one that has given to the poor, will now remain poor. His righteousness, his work will remain forever. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, let's go back to that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Now listen to this very carefully. The same grace that saved you will sustain you and will say to you, the same grace that saved you will sustain you. The God that has given you credit, the one that has invested in you, he won't want to lose his investment. Hmm? The one that saved you, he will sustain you to the end. The one that, that invested in you when you were nobody, when you were nowhere, when you didn't have nothing, so to say. The one that invested in you, he won't want to lose his investment. He will give you more, more, more grace. As the scripture says, God gives more grace, gives more grace. God gives more grace because there is abundance of grace with God. Just as the love of God, the love of God has no limit. The love of God has no boundary. The love of God has no end. The love of God is unquantifiable. Same thing with the grace of God. The grace of God is limitless. The grace of God is boundless. The grace of God is bountiful, abounding, plentiful, unquantifiable. That same grace that saved you, that resurrected you, that brought you to life, even when you are dead in sin and trespasses. The same grace, and this is supernatural, this is divine, because it's only God who can see the end of the matter. It's only God who can see this dead thing and say, it's alive, I'm going to invest in it. You don't see a dead business and say, I will, I will invest in it, unless you got some kind of insight. Hmm? <laughs> You got to know something that nobody knows. Say, oh, don't worry. I'll put my life into it. I put all my life into it because that's what Jesus did. He put all his life into it. A dead business, a dead thing. We were dead in sins and trespasses. And God, through his son Jesus, put his life, put his investment, put his riches into us to raise us up. It's only... A businessman that has got the third eye, so to say. That has got some kind of extra eye that will say, let me put my life into it. Let me put my resources into it. Let me actually put everything into it. This thing will bring me something good. This thing will be profitable. Yes, this dead thing will be profitable. God saw in you long time ago, beforehand, in advance, he saw you that you will be profitable. You will do well. You will be successful. Your life will be good. And he poured his love, his grace into you. For by grace you have been saved through faith. 
That not of yourselves, it is, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The faith that you had to believe God for salvation is not even your own. God gave it to you. Now, have you ever thought about it? That even your smartness, you think about yourself, you say, oh, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, I'm more intelligent than that person. You feel intelligent, you know? You know how to do mathematics than other people. You know how to construct words. Those things come easy to you. And you, you think about others. I don't know why they don't know it. I don't know why they don't know it. I don't know why they don't get it. Who gave it to you? You think you made yourself so? No. You didn't make yourself so. The height you have. The body you have. The look you have. God gave them to you. You didn't give anything to yourself. But the scripture says no man can receive anything except that which is given from above. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not from you. It's not because of your good deeds. It is a gift of God. The grace of God is according to the measure of the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. The grace of God is according to the measure of the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. It is boundless, like I said. It is borderless. It is limitless. It is immeasurable. It is immense. It is infinite, unquantifiable. The grace of God, in other words, the mercy, the compassion, the favor of God, the ability of God, in some other sense, is everlasting. When we know that the grace of God is immense, is immeasurable, is unquantifiable, it's very comforting and consoling, very reassuring to us in this present world that we live in. Why? Hebrews 12, from verse 28. Hebrews 12 from verse 28. If you actually read it from verse 18, you will realize that the Spirit of the Lord is talking about um, the children of Israel having been brought out of Egypt. He brought them to Mount Sinai to meet with them, to talk with them, to have fellowship with them, basically to get them ready, get them prepared for the journey ahead. He wanted them to be steady on their feet before going forward. So God brought them to Mount Sinai to talk with them. And um, when he invited them to come close to him to talk with them, as God was talking, the words that God spoke touched their heart. And they didn't want to hear the words of God because they were being convicted of their sin. So they were afraid and withdrew from God. And they said to Moses, you go and talk to God. Listen to him. Whatever he says, you come and talk to us. Whatever God says, we will do. Just tell us. So they didn't want to hear God directly. They sent Moses to go hear God. And when Moses reported back to them all the words of God, they said, we will do. Now Moses was away with God and they were on their own in the, you know, at the bottom of, of, of the mountain. As Moses was with God, talking with God, they were doing their own thing. And God looked down and said, Moses, the, the people that you brought out of Egypt, they have corrupted themselves. They have turned quickly away out of the way that I commanded them. They turned quickly out of the way that I commanded them. 
Why did they turn quickly? <laughs> Within a short time, they just received the commandment. They just received the grace. Actually, they did not receive the grace because they refused the word. When you refuse the word of God, you refuse grace. So they could not endure. They could not stay. They could not stay on the path. Even though they said it with their mouth, they couldn't do it because they did not hear it directly from God. You need to hear God directly, not what somebody says. Not what I say, anyway. You can hear me, but you got to hear God. If you don't hear God, it's nothing. It won't become anything to you. It won't bless you. So the people were not able to continue. They did not have the grit. They did not have the strength. They did not have the stability. They did not have the steadiness to continue. They turned quickly out of the way. When Moses got down, he himself now prayed to God. You said, I have found grace in your sight. That's Exodus. I found Exodus chapter 33, I believe. Say, you said, I have found grace in your sight. If I found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you, that I might find grace in your sight. And consider that these people are your people. So as Moses was praying for grace for himself, he was also praying for grace for them. Give me grace. You know that all these people are your people. Give me grace so that they may receive grace. Grace is supposed, it's meant to be shared. And Moses had a lot of grace. Grace is also a form of humility. Moses was considered to be the what? The most humble, the most meek of all men. He was very humble. He had a lot of grace. Why? Many, 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 many times, multiple times he was, he was abused. He was spoken against by the people. And in all of that, he did not get angry. Only once he got angry at the end of his, <laughs> of his journey. Only once. But multiple times, multiple times, they even wanted to stone him. They said all kinds of things. Why did you bring us out? Are you crazy? What, what happened? You want to kill all of us? And even when some serious judgments were given to some people that disobeyed, the people turned around and said, you killed them. They said, Moses killed them. God was the one that was responsible for that. He said, Moses killed them. They wanted to, you know, to stone him. But in all of that, Moses will fall down before God and pray for them. Moses had a lot of grace because he listened to the word of God. As you are listening to the word of God, you are receiving grace. The word of God gives grace to the humble, the one that submits to the word of God. So in this place, all of this I said to introduce Hebrews chapter 12, 28 to 29. Therefore, brethren, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Therefore, the apostle, the apostle, apostle Paul already spoke in the same chapter 12. Talking about the children of Israel that they refused him. They refused God. So here he's saying, you don't refuse God. Don't refuse the word of God. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Now, this grace is a serving grace. It's a grace that serves. Here he's not even talking about the saving grace. Say. So, because you have been saved, have grace to serve God. 